Hi, church family. I'm so glad that we have this ability to connect online. We're about to go into one of our messages and I pray it blesses you. If it does, make sure you share it with a friend and, and share the love around. Make sure that you click like or subscribe so that you don't miss any of our messages that we upload weekly. And jump in the chat so that we can connect. Even though it's virtual, let's make sure that we connect. So sit back, enjoy, and I pray that you're inspired and blessed. Who's, who's watched the old um, movies of, of uh, the old sailing ships and they'll be in the middle of a battle and um, cannonballs are flying everywhere and people are losing limbs and people are getting wounded and they take them down below decks and they take them into the surgeon's room. Or in a civil war where people were getting blown up left, right and centre and they'd take them into the tent where the surgeon was and you see the bucket there with the limbs and everything hanging out of the buckets that they've just cut off. And, 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 and what are the things, the specific instruments you see in the surgeon's uh, operating theatre? Sorry? Whiskey's number one. <laughs> True, it was always there. They said it was for medicinal purpose, but I think it was get the patient drunk and, and the old doctor would take a few swigs and some of it may get on the wound for disinfectant. But there was whiskey. Second thing. A handsaw was always there, wasn't it? And he'd be there with his apron that was all red now. But the third thing that you'd always see in the operating theatre was a... Pardon? A biting stick. Yeah. And I brought along my biting stick. That, oh, gee, I've got a few bumps in there this morning. <laughs> so I brought along my biting stick because the topic I'm talking about today, it might pay to have one. Now, if you don't have one, grab your neighbour's hand, tell them to stick their finger out and bite that, okay? After the first service, I had someone come to me with this blood blister underneath their finger and said, look what's happened to my finger. <laughs> it happened to be a man as well, okay? The wife had grabbed the hand. So today, we're going to talk about the elephant in the room. Now, you might say, Dan, I've got a few in my room. Well, we might even touch on them this morning. So the elephant in the room is that we're going to talk about things we don't want to talk about. Is that all right? Two people. Is that all right? Who's got their biting stick? Nobody. Who's got a neighbour that they can bite? <laughs> okay, so you can't bite and talk at the same time, okay? So if I don't hear a lot of noise, I know you're biting the stick. So let's start. Today the topic is sacrifice. Whew, everyone say that real quick. Not a lot when you say it real quick, eh? Sacrifice. Yeah, mate, we can do that. Oh, you forgot the nation of North Queensland, Pastor Caroline. Are we talking about the nations? All the North Queenslanders said? <laughs> Sacrifice for you. <laughs> okay, so let's start. So the topic of my message today, not my will but yours be done. So let's start. Jesus said this in the garden. If you, are, if you are willing, Father, remove this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. It's been a hard place where many of us have been in our lives where we know sacrifice is required. But the thing we've got to sacrifice has been so close to us for so long. Maybe we think we're riding the monkey's back, but the monkey's really riding on ours now. 
Maybe sometimes where you may have been, where I've been many times in my Christian walk, is sacrifices required, and I've had to make, I have had to man up. We don't ever hear the, the saying, woman up, do we? Who's ever heard anyone say, woman up? But I've heard a lot of people say, man up. So obviously there's a lot more to manhood than genetics. And so today, there's a lot of sacrifice required if we're going to walk where God wants us to walk. And, and it's just not an easy message because nothing in life comes free. Nothing comes free. So Genesis chapter 4, verse 3, it says, In the process of time it came to pass when Cain bought an offering or a sacrifice, is the word, of the fruits of the ground to the Lord. And Abel also bought the firstlings of his flock and their fat, and the Lord respected Abel's offering or sacrifice, but he did not respect Cain's sacrifice. And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. It's a hard thing, you know, when you sacrifice something to God and, and God doesn't show his approval on it. And sometimes we can have something we call a sacrifice, which is really is just a tick and flick. And oftentimes in church as Christians... We tick and flick God, thinking he's our earthly employer where we can come along and look like we're going through the motions, but God knows the heart. So today we're going to talk about sacrifice because it's very interesting when, when we read about Cain and Abel. It's the second account on man in the scriptures. The first account was Adam and Eve in the garden. The second account, as soon as they got cast from the garden, it goes straight into, Adam, into Cain and Abel. So God is wanting to get something across to us here, something that's very important, more important than how you make your living, more important than the suburb in which you live, more important than the degree you may have hanging over your door, more important than the car you drive, more important what we call success, more important than at all, God wants to make a point to us is that sacrifice is very much a part of the human experience. Very much a part of it. See, when Adam and Eve were in the garden, we think, oh man, if only Adam and Eve, if they didn't sin, we'd all be in the garden. But God said, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not live. So even in the garden of Eden, Adam and Eve had to know the understanding and the principle of sacrifice. They had to sacrifice the knowledge of good and evil. Had to had to sacrifice. See, the thing, in, guys, in life, no matter how good we are, the Christian walk requires sacrifice. Yeah. And we've got to realize, as Christians, we're not meant to have everything. <laughs> and in Australia, you and I are trained to want and to get everything. If the appliance is starting to get a bit old, we sell it, we get another one. It's cheaper to buy some appliances today than what they were 30 years ago. It's cheaper to travel. But not all things are meant for the Christian. We have to learn the principle of sacrifice if we're going to walk in the ways of God. And so today, I want to make sure I get through these points because I want to do some ministry time at the end. The first thing... I wanted to bring out, as in, in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. It wasn't a choice. See, see the thing is, is that we can be a churchgoer, we can love worship and we can enjoy worship without having any sacrifice in our life at all. 
It is possible for you and I to walk and to be in church and not to know the principle and not to know sacrifice. Maybe never have done a day of fasting in our life. Maybe never ever given up anything we really... We think God is says, this God of the blessing. Everything, we should be blessed. And if I'm walking with God, the indication of you and I walking with God is how blessed we are. But I want to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. There's people sitting in this congregation this morning who have, have had to sacrifice so much in their lives and gone through such hardship, know more of the presence of God than some of the people who have just known blessing. And so we, Paul's saying here, he said that we present ourselves as living sacrifices, wholly acceptable to God, which is our reasonable service. Jesus said, if you want to be my disciples, you want to come after me, he must deny himself. Yeah. Must deny him. Learn the ability of denying himself. I don't know about you, but I have a hard time walking past the fridge at time and not taking a chockey out of it. <laughs> sacrifice. Don't know sacrifice. And so it's very much a part of our world. This world... <laughs> It's a very consumed world with self. As long as self is happy, so long as self is contented, so long as self is comfortable, and so long as church doesn't get in the road of what I want to do with my life. We need to stay communion. I don't know about you, but when, I, when Anne and I got saved, I'd spent... Seven years building a house. I, was, I think I was quite 30. I got born again and it required to, to walk with God to sell that house. I was that bad with it. Anne said, you know what, God said, we need to get out of this place. It's not good for us. And I said, I want to sell it. And, and she said, yeah, put it on the market and sell it. I said, oh, I won't sell. You know, when you don't want to sacrifice... Man, we can get some. We can. We can get some excuses, can't we? Hey, we can get some excuses. Now I don't know if you would be like me, but I've been a bit of a naughty boy, and 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 so I said, no, nah, we won't sell. You know, and and he said, just put a sign out the front. It'll sell. <laughs> no. Anyway, it didn't sell. Says here, right? She said, but you haven't put the sign out the front. I didn't want to part with it. It was my first house. I put my heart and soul into that house. I'd work late on it. There was a lot of suffering went down. A lot of cartons of beer went down with it. <laughs> so anyway, I thought I'd get spiritual, so I made this little sign up. The little sign I could make up and I put for sale and honest planted it and I drove it in behind a little tree we had at the front. <laughs> Get this. Within four hours, <laughs> we had people, the cash buyers, gave more for the house, never knew them. I had to realize something. If I'm going to walk with this God of glory, this little boy is going to have to sacrifice some things. One of the biggest things I had to sacrifice was pride. How are we going? Got their neighbor's finger? Yep. Pride. 
the ownership of my own life. Paul said, be a living sacrifice. It means you're dead, man, you're on the altar. So the first thing is, it's impossible to have a Christian experience without sacrifice in your life. That's the first point. This, the second or the third point is our sacrifice is either the beginning of something better or the beginning of something worse. Now, have a think about this. Our sacrifice is either the beginning of something better. See, us moving out from where we were was the beginning of something better. A few years ago when Ann and I retired from local church pastoring, uh, I took a chaplaincy job on with a big trucking company and logistics company and I was, a, um, I was put on as a chaplain. And, but the, the job was in Victoria. And I had to look after Victoria and, and Tasmania. Now at the age of 60 something I was, we had to pack all our stuff up and move to Victoria. I didn't want to. I wanted to stay where I was comfortable, where I knew the familiarity. We went down there for a year and a half, bought a house. We loved it that much we were going to retire. Loved it, loved it. Anne had her first job she'd had since raising the children. And we were going like gangbusters. The next minute, the boss came up and said, we want you to move to Queensland. It broke our hearts. But see, guys, <laughs> we wouldn't be here now. We didn't sacrifice that. Because we know we're in the ordained time and place of God. But it cost. It, it, see, it, it wasn't sin. It was success. It was the blessing of God to be there. And now God's asking us to put that on the altar. It's like Abraham when he had Isaac. Abraham, I want you to take Isaac up the Mount Carmel. Your only son you got. The son that you loved. Now I want you to put him out in a burnt offering. He was the blessing of God. He was the promise of the new. He was the promise of the fulfillment of the word of God over his life. And now God's asking him to sacrifice it. How do you think Abraham felt? How do we feel? We were in grief for six months after we had to move back. Grief. I mean, it tore us apart. But hey, that's what God wanted to do. God had to do some surgery. And it was tough. But oh, the blessing. It was our time of life. I was 60 years of age. I've earned this. This is for us. This was our life now. And even the kids loved it because they could come and stay with us when they went to the snow. It was convenient. But put it on the altar, boy. Let's see what's in you. You've preached the gospel for 20-something years. Now let's see what's in you. Come on, what's in you? Is this thing going to be your Lord or what? And so it's either the beginning of something better. With Cain, Cain bought a tick and flick to God. And God wasn't happy with his sacrifice. And God said to Cain, if you do well, won't I be pleased with you? If you do well, if you bring in an offering, will it not be well? But Cain wouldn't. So what happened? It was the beginning of something worse for Cain. And he was sent out as a vagabond upon the earth. And it's interesting, his offspring were the guys who invented weapons of war. 
not a very good legacy to have. It's either the beginning of something better or something worse. Worth thinking about. The next point is our sacrifice has the ability to impact the world in which we live. Our sacrifice. In John chapter 6, verse 9, Jesus had traveling around and, and this great number of people were following Jesus and the disciples came to Jesus and said, they're hungry, man, we've got to feed these guys and, and, and Jesus will get something for them and feed them. But there's a little tucker in the crowd and a couple of loaves and fishes, which was his. That was his lunch. I mean, he was the only person amongst the whole lot of them who had any brains. Take some lunch with you. <laughs> he took this lunch and next minute these big guys are bozing into his life and says, mate, we want those loaves and fishes. Now, what would you say? You get a life, mate. <laughs> but that boy willingly, he willingly gave what was rightfully his. He willingly gave the results of wisdom. He willingly gave of his own. They didn't buy it off him. So come on, mate, we want your loaves and fishes. Well, I know what I would have said to those guys. Who's with me? See, the thing is, is that when Jesus got it, he fed 5,000 people. And, but it wouldn't have happened without a sacrifice in a little guy's life. And some of us people here today, the question is, is what have you got in your life? If you were to sacrifice that, what could God do with it? Because what you carry in your life that you take for granted, that you think that everybody else should have, but you've got it, what is it in your life? What is it in my life that God, if God could get it, if I could just sacrifice it in the hands of God, maybe it's an IT gift, maybe it's a gift of counselling, maybe it's some time you could give. I don't know what it is, but you know. <laughs> Come on, let's talk about the elephant. You know, and the chances are, God's already spoken to you about it. Hello? We're making any sense here? Just grab his finger and buy it. Blood blisters we're good at. <laughs> what is it that's in our lives? Come on, let's wait on the Holy Ghost here. How are you, the little boy, little girl? What loaves and fishes do you have in your life? that today you could come to the disciples and say, I want this, I want this sacrifice. I want, it, I want it multiplied so that I could feed people. So I could change the generation. We're good at criticizing the generation, but how many of us are prepared to sacrifice a bit of pride? Come on. Sacrifice a little bit of pride, sacrifice a little bit of whatever to say today. A bit of time, maybe that's that career, instead of going for that $150,000 a year job that's going to take up all your time and your health or whatever it is, say today, I'm going to put that on hold. I'm going to put it on hold. I'm going to take the lesser job that's going to give me more time to serve God. What is it? 
What could you sacrifice that would change the world for the better? The next one, sacrifice must be acceptable to God. Are we doing a tick and flick? Oh, God, you know, God. Come on, I go to church once a week. What more do you want? <laughs> Is that right? Maybe at that place say, well, I think this is a... Re- Cain was at that place and he says, well, I'll take... This should, be happy. this should make God happy. I'll get God off my back. I know I've said that. Well, what more does God want? What more does God want? Well, <laughs> really, at the end of the day, what have I sacrificed? Came into the world with nothing. You'll go out with nothing. So it's cost you nothing. <laughs> does that make sense? What is it that we could give? Is it acceptable to God? Have we ever asked God, you know? He said that, Cain, if you do well, shall shall it not be accepted? Have we really asked ourselves this point? Is my, what I'm bringing into sacrifice, is it acceptable to God? Is that an acceptable? Or have I got this thing back to front? Is God there to bless me? How are we going? I know it's not easy, but someone's got to talk it. I said to Anne, I just can't get down and know that God has given me the responsibility for a half an hour to teach the truth, and I compromised with it because I, I don't want to offend people. This is not the woke culture. Just because we're offended, it doesn't mean it's not true. Is that right? See, see, friends, friends, this is it. I was going to talk about woke this morning, but the thing is, is the woke culture won't work in business where truth is relative. You imagine a businessman going to the bank manager and said, you know, I've got $50,000 in the bank. The bank manager says, yeah, but you owe me $100,000. So therefore, you don't have any money in the bank. You imagine the, the businessman saying to the bank manager, yeah, but that's your truth. <laughs> that's your truth my truth is that I've got $50,000 no you don't you're 50,000 bucks in debt and so often we can go to God with this whole attitude God I think this is reasonable what more do you want what more do you want I tell you what he wants he wants your whole heart when he's got the whole heart he's got everything he want, he, he, you know, people worry about tithing he doesn't want your tithe he wants 100% of it he wants it to be dedicated to him. The last thing we, I want to talk on, so I get through the five, because we can go a little bit over time. We haven't got to be out till 12. One, two. <laughs> the fifth point is the sacrifice may differ from one person to the next, it may differ. You know, Adam and Eve, they had to sacrifice the knowledge of good and evil. Now, how long, you know what? God might have been going to give them that knowledge of good and evil up the track when they were wise enough. For, I don't know, maybe it was never for them. But for the time being, they had to deny themselves. They had to say no. They had to sacrifice that desire. With Abraham, it was Isaac. For the rich young ruler, Jesus said to him, go sell all that you've got and give it to the poor. 
That was his sacrifice. So for some of us today, <laughs> it might be the right to be right. Husbands and wives, how are we going with that? Yeah, but I'm right. No, 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 I'm right. And so we get a standoff where no one comes together. No one's, no one's going to sacrifice their pride to repent because I've got to be right. I'm too insecure to admit I'm wrong. I don't know. Maybe it's forgiving people. Maybe it's our time. Maybe it's idols and we might work around this for a little bit, five or ten minutes. Because I, I want to have an altar call today and I want this platform here to be a nice big altar of sacrifice. So I believe God wants to talk to us, our hearts today about what we need to sacrifice. Not everything we sacrifice is a bad thing. For me to give up alcohol when I got born again, <laughs> I thought, mate, that was the biggest sacrifice you could give. And then someone talked to me about putting 10% of my wage in the plate, and I thought, oh, But I was the only guy who won out of it. <laughs> Does that make sense? But we've, you might say, Dan, this is 2022. We don't have idols. We're not those old, unsophisticated people who made a golden calf and bowed down to them, to the Baals and all of those, you know, those, those idols. We don't do that. Well, let's have a look. Get your stick out. Who wants to lend a mine? I've only bitten on it a couple of times. Because <laughs> some of this might be a little bit confronting. What about the idol of body image? Body image. Where we're so consumed. I mean, you, none, you can't all have a perfect body like this, I know. This stomach took a lot of work and years to get on there. But body image. How consumed are we with that idol? How much money spent every year to bow down to that idol? Mate, get hair transplants. Another tattoo. Nothing wrong with tattoos. See, a lot of things in life in balance are a good thing, but out of balance, any truth taken to an extreme becomes a heresy. See? So some of the good things in life become an idol. Nothing wrong with having a nice car, but has it become an idol? Nothing wrong with living in a nice suburb, but has it become an idol? Nothing wrong with having a $150,000, $200,000 job, but has it become an idol? But what about the body image? I can't wear any other clothes but design a label. Both come out of the same factory, mind you, but one's got one label and the other. I'm fooled. What about body image? How much do I spend at the hairdressers? Nothing good of having, nothing wrong with it, but it's become an idol. Has it become an idol that I'm now bowing down to? You know, men, I, I do a fair bit of work in the area of mental health first aid and train people in that area. One of the, 
One of the fastest growing mental illnesses we've got in this nation at the moment is eating disorders within men. Now, traditionally, anorexia was a, 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 a woman's issue. But today we're finding more and more and more men are becoming one of the, the biggest uh, uh, implants that men get are, are breast implants to make their chest look bigger. So men are getting cosmetic surgery now. Where at one time men, but it's costing them. It's become an idol. They're never happy with the way God's made them. You know, has that become an idol? Money, has my money become an idol? I've got to get more money. I've got to get more money. I'm, I'm worried about retiring. Do I have enough money? Have I enough money? Anne and I lived on the smell of an oily rag for most of our lives. But I'll tell you what, we're blessed. We live in a beautiful home. Lovely neighbours. But has that money become an idol where no matter how much I've got, I've still got the fear of FOMO in my life. And FOMO's become the idol. You know, in Australia, we are so blessed. So blessed. Australia's not hard. Bangladesh is hard. But you know, do I, do I need to bite while I sacrifice and do something about that idol? Maybe I'm bowing down to Men, maybe us men need to stop bowing down to the idol of fear. Stop bowing down to the idol of intimidation. Stop. Some of us men, we need to cut our youth off our lives. Because I've counseled enough men to know that just because you're 70 years of age, it doesn't mean you've done 70 years. You've just won't done one year 70 times and learnt nothing. You're just as dumb as what you were when you were 25 and just as stubborn and, and just as rebellious and just as dysfunctional as what you were when you were young because we haven't cut our youth off us and, and been responsible for the call of God that's upon our lives. It's not easy to be a man in 2022. But if you're going to get married to a woman, you've got to look after her. And if we've got to get rid of the ute, we've got to sacrifice it. If we've got to get rid of the boat, sacrifice it. But we're first called to love the girl and to lay ourselves, our lives down, sacrifice ourselves. Jesus said this, didn't he? Husbands, love your wives. Well, Jesus is not, no, 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 man up, mate. Toughen up. Put the biting stick in. <laughs> you picked her. Someone once said to me, they're just like giant echo chambers, mate. You just get back magnified what you speak into them. And so are our kids. And maybe us as men, we need to sacrifice some of our career. Heavens above, our wives have done it. Sacrifice something so we can be with them to raise them and have input into their lives. My mum said to me, you'll either spend money on raising them or you'll spend money bailing them out of jail. Choice is yours. And so what are we going to sacrifice today? What's God calling you to, what's he calling me to sacrifice? What about lifestyle? 
heavens above. You know, prayer meeting on a Tuesday night, mate, you just don't know how tough it is. I work for a living. Well, get a life. <laughs> you know, come to the prayer. You want me to pray for the city? Do you still love me? Am I going all right here? You're looking at me. You give me that look, mate, like I'm going to hide. <laughs> it's an elephant in the room. See, if transformation is going to happen in our generations, first it's got to start in here. And for it to start in here, it's got to start in here. What am I prepared to put on the altar? What am I prepared to put on the altar? What am I prepared to put on the altar? Because what you put on the altar, God will anoint. God will miraculously expand it to touch more people in your generation. You know, I, I was talking to John Pearson, who was in the first meeting, we had coffee this week. I said, I don't know, I, I don't know. if I was God, I wouldn't have picked me for this. I wouldn't have picked me. I just wouldn't have done it. Why? And I started thinking back about some of the things that we were prepared to put on the altar and how God just used a couple like us from North Queensland. And we've helped restore marriages. I was prepared to give up the drink and stop being dysfunctional, sacrifice that. And as a result, we've got young men now we can help. Come on. Bite hard on the stick today. Because what you've got to sacrifice might cut to the bone. And God may have to amputate something, but I'm telling you what, ladies and gentlemen, you're better off walking with a limp with the power of God over your life than walking fully able and feeling in your life that God of power is not around. Because you show me someone who carries the anointing as the ability to see a nation change, you're gonna show me somebody who's sacrificed some very, very special things in their life and it hasn't been all sin. The only one profits out of you giving up sin is you. But if you sacrifice the best, if you give God the best, see, Abraham gave the best, the one he dearly loved. Dearly loved. And one king, Elijah, came in, into Zarephath and he met this widow. And this widow had a son and they were in the middle of famine. And, and Elijah just saw her and he picked her out and said, can you go and get me a drink? And she... And she said, oh, yeah, okay. And he said, mate, why are you going to get me a drink? Can you make me a cake as well? Because I'm hungry. And she said to him, but you don't understand. <laughs> we're on the last of our food. And we're about to go home and cook what little we got left. We'll be the last of eat it. And then we're going to die of starvation because there's no more food. didn't turn Elijah. He said, just go and do it. He didn't tell her, if you do it, you're going to get the increase. He didn't say that to her. He said, are you prepared to sacrifice it? He, he didn't say to her like we say in these nice tithing messages, you know. Oh, you bring your tithing, God's going to bless you and the windows of heaven are going to open. Oh, man. No, that's an investment. Because <laughs> I know I'm going to get a return. 
But this lady, she thought, mate, I'm giving away my life. We're going to die sooner now. And made the cake for him. Sacrificed what she had. And then he said to her, then he said to her, your jar's not going to run dry now till it rains.